You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sid Talk. Yellow. We are Green, not... blue, purple. Yellow. We're not going to sneeze or cough this week. Uh, do not guarantee that. What we were talking about <laughs> before the after the show, before the after the show discussion was movies that have a, you know, all right, I'll mention a movie, The Sixth Sense. You might not have seen it, but most people have. I don't think it's a spoiler, is it? How many years has it been out? A few. 20? 10? <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it, though. No. <coughs> anyway, know? anyway, the um, Sixth Sense has a twist in it that is kind of mind-blowing. And I said to you, why, why are there not more movies like that where it's got a mind-blowing twist? Is it because it's hard to write a mind-blowing twist? Or is it because... It's hard to pull it off, I think, convincingly. There aren't that many, if you only found a handful. Only a handful, about Out of, 10. like, thousands of movies that have ever been created. Yeah. Um, so it's just hard to pull off. They put The only time it's ever been pulled off for me is... We're going to spoil some movies, or we'll say spoilers here. Spoilers? If you've not seen <laughs> movies with twist endings before. Well, I know, but that's not fair, is it? But well, that's why I'm saying spoilers. The article So exists. don't listen, and I will tell you some movies. The movies <laughs> that I have been... Mind blown by the endings. The Sixth Sense, I think it's the best one, right? It's like, do you think it's the best one? Um, it's the one I remember first. Yeah. Absolutely. Saw. Yep. Has a really good one. That one's right up there. As soon as you mention it, it doesn't come to my mind and then you're like, oh. Yeah. oh the yeah. Village, which is another M. Night Shyamalan. That one's, I figured that one out though. And I, I don't want to sound like the twats who say that they, or sorry. What's by a really rude word, but the jerks. I had no bloody idea. The super nerdy people who go, I knew everything from the beginning. But that one, I figured out it was just too, I don't know, something. And I was like, yeah, I think I know what's going on here. And then it was confirmed. And I had no idea. I was in the dark. And when it happened, I was like, oh. Um, split. Um, That was for you a big deal. Yes. <laughs> like how I was not exposed to what that was at all and i read all kinds of things was mind-blowing to me you know yeah um star wars on a kind of a lower level it's not it's not a super mind-blowing twist but there is a twist right that you don't see coming Mm -hmm. and what else the others with nicole kidman you claim you never saw it, but you did. I'm not claim. No, I have never seen it. I you, watched you it with have you. watched movies without me. Yeah, but it came out. <laughs> well, we would have watched it together. No, we didn't. I have not ever seen that movie. It's a good one. Maybe you watched it with your other wife. Fight Club <laughs> is an excellent one. Yeah. Can you think of any more? Well, you had the whole list there. 
I did. Triangle. It's a horror movie. Did you don't ever see that? Don't know that one. Hmm. I don't think you did see that. Yeah, I mean, that just one. talk about ones you know. No, I know it. Oh. Triangle. It had a pretty good twist. And you mentioned Cube, which, you know. I don't think it's mind-blowing, though. You know? The movie's kind of mind-blowing. It's kind of cool. You've never seen anything like it. But yeah, they're the uh, twist-ending movies. And we don't see, like, people that... I feel like we should see more of that kind of clever writing. Is it clever? Or is it just like a trick? A, a magician? Oh, a magic trick. Like um, The Prestige by... What's he called? Christopher Nolan. He made a film called The Prestige, which was, which was about magicians. Also, Now You See Me. But that was a film about magicians, too. Yeah, so you should be expected so to be tricked be by the, the end trick. of that. Absolutely. Yeah. But... uh. Yeah, why are there not more of those movies? Please write more of those movies. And, like, I can watch it. And then yeah, but I... then more means you're then always expecting. I think it should be very, very, very few and far between. Because if you are inundated and every every year a couple come out, then you're just always on the alert. And you're then you're always looking for clues. Yeah. And you will know, it will no longer be a thing. We're watching the Twilight Zone, um, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone that's on at the moment on CBS All Access. That would be a prime place to pull off one of those things. Like, a, an episode of that could be a good twist or trick, right? Well, Twilight Zone always had a thing. Because you'd zoom out and it was a toy. Yeah, or you'd zoom that out kind and of it was thing, a yeah. box. It was like a, a model on a table. Or you'd zoom out and... Or at the end of one, it's like... Is it Earth or not Earth twist? Which is one of the ones we talked about. The best one. The actual best one ever. Planet of the Apes. Correct. Original Planet of the Apes. Yeah. All of us. I don't care who you are. You would have been like, what? Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) It's one where I was a kid when I watched it. I loved it because I liked anything about space. And I remember going, huh? So those are the uh, movies with the best twist endings. And hopefully we see some more. How's that in relation to this week's movie? I don't know why I was thinking about (laughs) it. I don't either. Because this movie is not good. Are you looking for recommendations or something? It has nothing to do with Aquaman. Spoiler, there's no big twist at the end. <laughs> no, no. Um, and spoiler, we're actually reviewing Aquaman. All right, so it is Saturday, May the 4th. It is Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. I hate that. May the 4th be with you. You hate Star Wars? This is I a revelation. I love Star Wars, but I hate <laughs> that they made it that day just because of that. Right. It kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, Star Wars. So while we're on the topic of Star Wars, there was a death in the Star Wars family this week. Peter Mayhew, who plays Chewbacca, died. It's very sad. Yeah. I put him down with Princess Leia as an iconic Star Wars character. Because, in fact, I think he's your favorite character. Yeah, Chewbacca's always been my favorite. Right. Until he, until he was in Solo and you didn't like him anymore. I didn't dislike... No, no, no. Chewbacca's fine. Chewbacca has no control over the people who write his character. <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca's fine, but he's not a man-eater. And I didn't mind Solo. It wasn't great, but I didn't mind it. But that part pisses me off because they know better. They know better. It's just It was just cheesy and dumb. And I didn't like what they did with him with the dumb bird things in the other one either. This is just dumb. So leave Chewbacca oh, out of any of... Pog. Yes. Just leave him out of any of your dumb storylines. Make him be what he is. He's a great navigator, pilot, and warrior. Just fuck off with everything else. And like Kevin Smith said today on that Everything Wrong with A New Hope, he didn't give him a medal at the end of A New Hope. Well, that's an always... old bitching thing people have said. But, but Mr. Chewbacca's always given the short stick. But anyway, Mr. Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca, 
may you long be Chewbacca. You're still Chewbacca to me. Of course. Like Carrie Fisher is still Princess Leia. All right, so um, it is, after the show, 580. We're a movie review podcast. We're going to review our 580th movie, Aquaman. 580! That's a a lot. It's a 2018 movie. That's a lot. You can actually pick this up now. It's rated PG-13. It's on 4K, Blu-ray, streaming services, and DVD. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers, who sent us a copy for review. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Aquaman. Really? Aquaman. Uh, half human, half fish. <laughs> half... No, no! Half Atlantean. And uh, he becomes a superhero, because there's a big thing between the people in the water and the people on the land. All right. I mean, come on, it's Aquaman. Who needs a synopsis for this? For yeah, real. We've, and we've already met Aquaman in the <laughs> Unless you're five thing. years old. Even if you're five, someone's probably told you all about superheroes. Aquaman's in there. And you watch the Justice League, hopefully, and you've, uh, met, you've met Aquaman. I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, but he's good in that. I liked his scenes in it. Mm. We actually met him the very first time we met him in Aquaman. He was in that bar, and he was getting drunk. Yeah. And uh, Batman had to come and kind of say to him, Listen, you've got to stop being drunk. We need to save the world. So, he likes to get drunk, I think. So, uh, Aquaman, what, uh, you can go first. What did you think of Aquaman? I enjoyed it. I, mean, I don't I, have a lot to say about some movies when they're just pure fun. And you can pick it apart. You can pick apart almost every single thing. You can pick apart physics, right? We understand physics as far as whatever. Whatever we are limited in what we know so far. We can argue about the physics of everything. We can argue about how people can talk underwater, how people would have evolved to be the things they are in just a few thousand years, you know, to become like mer people and crab people and all that shit. But don't argue with it, right? Just pretend you're watching a comic book that came to life. And if you believe it in the comic book, then you have to believe it on the screen. And I was okay with it. And here's the thing, and I'm gonna this is a commentary on current Pop culture is a pop culture reference that people in 100 years may not know what we're talking about. But this is the bottom of the ocean. It's very dark down there. And yet this director and his art director and his editors and his lighting crew and his CGI people made it so you can see everything all the time. Do you there's, know what I'm referring to? <laughs> there's actually nothing murky in this movie. No. Even we, the, yeah, we you watched, would think. We just watched Game of Thrones. Watch, we loved it, but that one episode with the big battle. And yeah. you are looking at the brine in and this movie. And did this movie. movie cost less? In this movie, there is characters called the brine, the ones mm-hmm. that live right at the bottom. Like where, crabs and Where like you that. would see nothing. But in this movie, you can see them. So. That's my social commentary on, or not social, but pop culture commentary. Yeah, so this this uh, Aquaman, uh, my opinion on Aquaman is, um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how they were going to quite pull off the tone of Aquaman. Because in Justice League, when we meet Aquaman, even though he's drunk, when he actually when they meet him and they actually get him into the Justice League, he's not a wisecracking kind of... It's, it, that whole movie is kind of serious. They play it serious because it's such a... The world's going to end and they've got to kill this thing. So you, and you didn't really get to meet Aquaman properly. You didn't like get to see his. Well, you did get to see his world a, li- a little bit. Yeah, not much though. But this movie, and I was like, "What are they going to do? Is it just going to be serious and like you know, politicking under the sea with these different factions and all that stuff?" 
And while there is some of that, it doesn't ever really be serious, does it? It's more lighthearted and kind of jokey. See, I don't find it lighthearted and jokey. I find it... It's not... Middle. Yeah, it's but not it's not... jokey, like, dumb to me. And it's not... It's lighthearted, maybe. But I'm still convinced that if this shit goes down, it's going to be bad for everybody. And the thing with the tidal waves, that's what sold me on that, like, whoa. You know, because you could think, what can these people do to the uptown, up on the ground people? Because they're under the water, right? But then you realize, oh, they've just thrown all these big old ships back into all the cities and everything on the shore. And I was like, okay, I feel the danger. That's a That's a problem with some of these movies, even with, like... Justice League, I didn't feel the danger, the real danger. I don't know why. Because the danger in Justice League was some, the baddie at the mm. end was just some weird, like, yeah. cloud of sand or something. It was yeah, weird. and I didn't feel the bigger, the bigger danger to humanity or whatever. And I just didn't feel it. But in this, I get it. If this thing were to happen, this big war, where all of the kingdoms that are under the water decide to take on all of us land dwellers were fucked right so i got that and yet you could have moments of levity that aren't to me they weren't fully dismissing the big situation which is what happens a lot to me when you're in those movies where they throw in those one-liners and you're like are you kidding me like a million people just died and you're like yucking it up and smiling at each other and you know i don't like that but this i feel like it was the right balance or maybe you know maybe i was just in the right mood and this movie's two and a half hours long but it did not feel like that to me it felt like it moved real quick and i kept thinking this movie never slows down and stops there isn't any like it's action all the time like there's big set pieces and you might think well, all these set pieces take place under the ocean. It might get, like, samey, like, but in the middle of the movie, they actually completely go out of the ocean and go to a desert, which is the, so yeah. far removed from the ocean. Exactly. It all looks visually different. It's real fun, that part. I thought the the roof chase, that was my favorite part of the movie, actually. There's a chase that they do with um, Jason Momoa and Amber Heard's characters across rooftops. You said it was kind of like Bourne. I got born and bond, but it's there. superhero bond because there's lots of destruction and. Yeah, I think born and bond both skirt the idea of a superhero, just more grounded in human. Jason uh, Aquaman headbutts a church bell, for instance. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. It's got like, it's got the superhero action. I don't think he headbutted the bell. The bell blew up. Yeah, and then he headbutted it, so he didn't hit that little girl. Oh, I didn't catch that. It hit the... Oh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so it's crazy. Uh, there's a crazy bad guy with a big frog head. It looked like a frog, that suit that he'd made. Yeah, true. Um, and it's just like, it never really slows down. It's like battle action. There's like showing you Atlantis for the first time, even though it's not a battle. They're just, they're just like cruising in there in a ship. But it's just cool. Like, you, everything you see is like, wow, look at this place, you know? Yeah, I was mesmerized and that could be part of the overall positive experience is that I bought into it. Like I, like I say, I've never seen a, you know, there's a battle like a Game of Thrones battle that you saw last week. Like two sides charging into each other. But like one side is like, they're not on horseback, they're on shark back. <laughs> yeah. 
and the other side are on seahorses and they're charging towards you. And I was like, wow, we we can really do some crazy stuff now with CG. And it and I'm not saying it looked perfect because it still looked pretty cartoony. But it looks fun. But because it all just goes together in this, I was okay with it. And then <clears throat> another on another, I really liked it. But on another level, when you're watching it, you're like. Is this super dumb or something? Is this like- Oh, it's very dumb. And at times, here's what I thought. When they're saying some of the lines to each other, I bet they had to laugh so hard after they had to be real serious. And then when there was a cut, I bet they laughed their asses off. There were times when it felt embarrassing Yeah, what they were saying to each other. But, you know, when you're in it and you're telling this story, you just got to commit. And I was, even when he stands up and he's in his new outfit, you know, with his trident, trident, his thingy hanging out there. Yeah, his trident and his penis. It's really, it wasn't his penis hanging out. It was just <laughs> like over the top. But I just kept myself grounded in the reality that this is a comic book, and they're pulling it off in that middle ground, which was fine with me. And like, like has been said a lot in the comic books back in the sixties when Aquaman was around, it came out, as before the 60s. It was always kind of a joke comic to a lot of comic fans. They were always like, well, it's silly. Like, he's under the water. He's, like, riding a seahorse. It had, it had its fans, but it also had its, like, people who were like, that is just a silly comic book. And this movie just goes for that. Like, goes for it. There's crazy people swimming on seahorses. I mean, it just, when he said they tried to make it look really cool... I still think it looks a bit silly sometimes, people riding on sharks and things. Definitely. But I just was like, eh, whatever, this is what's happening here. We're underwater, there's a big battle. They're using what they've got. And I'm con- I think being convinced of the threat and the consequences, if, you know, our oh, every story is if the hero doesn't intervene, there's going to be terrible consequences, right? Yeah. I'm convinced of that in this particular world. That makes all the difference. And the bad guy or the bad thing, I mean, there is one focused bad guy. Of course, it's a brother. We've had this story before. We've even had sisters at each other's throat, like in Guardians of the Galaxy. But he's not that over-the-top villainous guy, but I'm convinced he is on, he is going to make his... Like, he'll enslave everyone on land. I just feel like that's his plan, is to, like, destroy humankind above land. Uh, He didn't say this, but I just, I felt he was a real threat. And then I felt like the only way to stop him, obviously, is our Aquaman. And to to speak to the old cartoon, I liked Aquaman. The cartoon, I didn't read the comic book. I don't think I ever saw it. Uh, I don't think I ever saw a cartoon. Yeah, it's like he his little the circles would come out of him. Like when he was talking to all the animals and the animals would all come to help him. I always liked it. I don't think I think I would have been out of the loop of people who would have insulted it at the time. There was no internet. We were children. It was the seventies. <laughs> it was pre internet, pre sharing with the world. So I always liked it and I always thought it was awesome because and people might say, Oh, what can the guy in the water do? He can do everything because he can be on the water and on the land. So why is that not even a valid, listen to me, defending a cartoon character? But still, I feel like it's a valid character. What I um, liked about this as well is in a lot of these comic book movies, if if it's a fish out of water story, exp- pardon the pun, um, 
they do that thing like they do with Thor, where he's just in the regular world and everything's silly. Like, did you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they did in Wonder Woman. She's never been to the city, so when she's in the city, she's questioning everything. and It's like, it's a fish out of water thing. They didn't do that here. I liked that they restrained themselves from doing that. You know? Yeah, and he wasn't even a person out of air when he <clears throat> went down below the water because he could already... Li- it wasn't like we had to see his origin of learning to breathe water. Right. We just, we're in it. Like We've got to know James Wan over the years from his extras and he talks and he's a very much like, okay, this is just how it is. Yep. <laughs> this is just how it is, everybody. So let's just move on from... Let's just establish that it is. So we never see him struggling under the water. We just instantly find out. Yeah. That he can do it, and that's it. We just have to accept it. Yeah, no, like, training montage, him trying to Correct. figure it out. I mean, out a little bit. Tiny with his... With DeVoe. Yeah. But I mean, name? tiny. It's not like Spider-Man. DeVoe. Sorry. Willem, Willem DeVoe. Where, you, you know, you watch half the movie to figure out his powers. He knows his powers. I really like the opening sequence with Nicole Kidman. Um, You know, how it's how his parents met, basically. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. I thought it was really powerful. The, pa- the What was wrong with it, though, was this horrible de-aging thing that they did. With <laughs> it is pretty distracting. Yeah, I mean, she just looked like she had an Instagram filter on her. There's a new technology where they can film a person and then put a filter. It's like a live, dynamic, de-aging filter just on a face of a person. And you're, if you notice it in commercials and stuff now with people who you know are older and you're like, why do they look so weird and smooth? That's yeah. why. No, that's what they did to her, but but uh, it wasn't what they did to her that bothered me so much. It was what they did to the father. Like They gave him this weird like square haircut that looked like it was CG or something. It did look weird. And I kept looking at him. I was like, I don't actually know who that actor is. Because what are they doing to him? He looks weird. Like it, It's like he's got different eyebrows. It's, it's just weird. <laughs> and then when... Yeah, he didn't even look like the same person, really. No, he didn't. And then when it moved on, and you were like, oh, that's who the father is. Who the hell was that other guy? CG man, with this funny weird head. So, aside from that, I really liked the story of learning how the parents met, how they had Aquaman, and what caused Mum to leave. You actually just saw that whole thing in this small, like, five-minute yeah. Almost felt like a, a separate little play at the beginning. And it worked for me. Yeah. And then you understand the stakes and you understand everything about it. I really liked it. I think the whole movie was set up well. It had a really good pace. Sometimes people will say, oh, movies that go on for two and a half hours, it's too long for me. I don't think so. I think this the pace of this movie, I almost felt like there needed to be more. Like I wanted to know more of their story. Like Aquaman's story. Yeah, you and I are not... Against long movies, though. So. No. But, you know, towards the end, when we've seen Aquaman in Atlantis, we haven't really seen him in the... I was I was hoping at the end there would be a bridge to him going into the real world and maybe meeting up with some of the superheroes, the Justice League or whatever. I said to you, is this before the Justice League or after? But mm. in the Justice League, he was already Aquaman. And in this, he wasn't, right, at the beginning, so... It well, everyone was already calling him Aquaman at the beginning. Yeah, true, because those people wanted a selfie with him in yep. the bar. Yeah. yeah, so is it after or...? Don't know. Because in, in the Justice League, he doesn't wear this full suit. The cool suit that he gets... Correct, he's just in his normal yeah, clothes. Yeah, he's just in his normal clothes, so maybe this is after. 
it's not really explained. So, but special effects, yes, you can pick them apart. Yes, there is some hokey-looking stuff. I said to you watching it, there's tons of influence, and, and it's not just, like, me imagining the, this influence. Because <laughs> I read an interview with James Wan, and he, he totally... There's a lot of Tron in this. In When you first see Atlantis, Atlantis, there's a lot of the orange and blue to show the two factions kind of thing, the way they do in Tron. It's a lot of laser-looking stuff. There's a bit of Indiana Jones. There's a bit of Tomb Raider. Anything else you can think of that it kind of homage to? Well, he said, what was the other thing? 50,000 Leagues Under the Sea or something. Mm. And he also pulled, you said, from uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Fury Road. And I felt like those things where they're running on the tops of the roofs, there's several. It's very distinctive to me that that's like Born and Bond. I don't know why. And even Mission Impossible, like action movies, you know? Yeah, the Atlantis, Atlantean army. Uh, he based he, he there was stormtrooper influence on those those oh. white costumes. So you know, James. So basically, loves, he's just he has no imagination of his own. Is that what you're <laughs> saying? <laughs> I think he just homaged a bunch of stuff. But I mean, there was some really you know that battle where Aquaman had to have the battle with his brother mm-hmm. in the Ring of Fire. That was really a cool sequence. I that thought. was yeah. It's like this. Um, it's like Gladiator. It's like a battle to the death kind of thing. And the but they're underwater. And I said to you, why is this not a video game? Because you can go anywhere. Like, it could be a cool VR game, for instance, where you just what float What do you mean, why everywhere. isn't it? It might be. It isn't. I know what video <laughs> games are up. Uh, they don't make... It's actually a thing these days. Back in the day when the 360 came out, um, that era, whenever a movie came out, there was always a game to go along with it. Now, you'll, you hardly... It's very, very rare that a game, video game comes out that is movie-related. Even Marvel don't do it. Because in the past, they didn't really take care to make it high quality. Ruined, and it didn't matter because yeah. people would just buy it. Because you had, if you had an Xbox, that's all you had, and you loved the franchise, you'd buy the game. Now, right. you're competing with such high quality of games that have nothing to do with movies that if you did buy one of a movie and it's crappy, then yeah. what do you do? You go, oh, God. So, like, they're all crappy. In recent memory, the only good movie tie in. Um, one I know of, is Spider-Man. When mm. they really spent like four or five years making that Spider-Man game. And it lives up to the movies. It's just like one of the movies. But um, <clears throat> Aquaman would make a great video game. Because even you said, it feels like a video game, the setup of the... Yeah, well, they have to go on a quest and find a thing, and it changes the whole dynamic, and you have to do a puzzle and put a thing on a deal and then figure out where this bottle went. I mean, that seems so yep. gamey. Um James Wan said, again, when you were just talking about that stuff, he was influenced by Raiders of the Lost Ark and (laughs) Romancing the Stone. Right. And you can totally see what all that's about when you're watching it. So um, let's move on to the cast. Jason Momoa. It's his second role as Aquaman, let's be honest. What do I call him? John Samosa. (laughs) John Samosa. He was actually an Indian restaurant tycoon. (laughs) Samosas, they're good. They're very, very, very good. I liked him as Aquaman. I think he's got the right amount of charm and, like, funny. And then serious when he has to be a badass in the war or he's fighting his brother. You know? Yeah. Do you like him? I mean, it's a little bit cheesy, but that goes with the movie, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean... He does some cheesy winks to the camera kind of deals. But that's his character, right? Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be a bit 
He's supposed to be a bit And silly. he does have to say some things that you're like, oh. Yeah. Just real comic book really lines. dumb. Yeah. Amber Heard plays Mirror. I really liked her. I liked her red hair. I like that she wear high heels wherever she goes, which is really funny. Because she's under the sea. You even said, she's under the sea. Why is she wearing high heels? Exactly. (laughs) I was like, that seems a bit weird. (laughs) She had high heels on whatever. She was jumping out of a plane. Why do you need high heels in the water? Yeah. And wouldn't it be, even in the sand when she's in the desert, wouldn't it be very... She didn't have high heels on. She had boots on. Yeah, but they had heels on the back. Not really. Like, just normal boot heels. But uh, she... I liked her. She kept Aquaman in check all the time. She wasn't like some... Like, you know, the woman who needs rescuing by Aquaman all the time. She was hardcore. She fought people. She, um... Oh, I want a special note also to, uh... That fight at the... You know when I mentioned the scene at the beginning where you meet the parents and all that? That fight that Nicole Kidman does in there. That's awesome. That is good. I don't don't know how they did it. it. But it was like... When she... The camera pulled back behind her as she was going to go for somebody, and it felt like the room was like a weird shape, like a fisheye or something. Mm-hmm. It, it was like the it's like this small house that they were in suddenly got really big. It, it seemed odd to look at, but really cool. Did you like Amber Heard as Mira? Yeah, she was fine. I mean, I like the character. It's a bit, I would say, subdued, even though that doesn't seem to fit it. I- but she's not terribly like. She's pretty sexed up, though, right? She's very sexed up, and as much as people try to pretend that we're not creating damsels in distress and these female characters are so important, it doesn't appear that way. You're still designing everything about it in a way that makes you want the man to save her or put her in a position where he's like, ah, and then attempting to get back to save her. And even though she goes ahead and knocks down a bunch of people and blows up a bunch of shit and does save him a couple times. It's never quite as strong, you know, as they seem to think it is. You know what so was... it's like you're working against this tide of damsels in distress and you're like, hey, that's not me. But then you're like, eh, it kind of is. Did you notice that they kept CG lighting her butt? No. I noticed that a few times. I wonder why you would notice that, <laughs> husband of mine. <laughs> Again, was... we're working against a tide of sexism in the world. Against the tide? Yeah. Aquaman. Oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I made they, a joke. There was some obvious CG kind of lens flare type lights that lit her butt while she was swimming. I, I was like, what? what is that? Oh, with, uh, and then it was like, they wanted to look at a butt, right? That must be it. It's like, hey, look, there's a butt. We'll light it. <laughs> I don't know. I noticed it a few times. I'm not going mad or anything, but they spent some time lighting her butt. So they must have been like, pay attention to the butt. But is that sexist? Lighting the butt? Oh, yeah. If it's not for any reason, like technical reason. I think it was just for titillation reasons. Anyway, talking of titillation, Willem Dafoe (laughs) plays Vulco. Now, let me say, I love Willem Dafoe. I love him when he's really nutty, like in the Boondock Saints. I love it when he does that. He's like Nicolas Cage a bit. But we also liked him in The Florida Project. Awesome in The Florida Project. He's a very good actor. Uh, in this, he de- like you said, he had to deliver some really corny lines. Oh, it was like, really corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they also de-aged him in a weird way, so it looked like he was photoshopped the entire time, I thought. Oh, until the later one. Yeah, he's like, he's pretty wrinkly, Willem Dafoe. I mean, it's just not, it's just how he is, right? He's old. He is. 
In this movie, they de-aged him in parts because he was supposed to be younger. But then in parts where he was just now, or whatever, he was also a bit de-aged. He was never quite himself. There was always something going on with the filter. Uh, and it kept putting me off. And also some of his... Some of it, the script in this movie is like off a comic book page. Absolutely. It's like really basic dialogue. It's, it's like, oh, we just have to tell you, make you understand what the two factions are doing. And like somebody like Willem Dafoe just says it. Like he, he's just like telling you, the audience, what's happening here. It's like, this side have been going for this long, and this side have we got to take out this thing and do that thing. So there's a lot of that with Willem Dafoe, which I thought was underutilizing him because he's a great actor. Patrick Wilson, did you like Willem Dafoe? Yeah. I mean, I almost always do. He does have that thing that carries with him like we do with Morgan Freeman and people like that, where it's like, is it just because he's Willem Dafoe and he has a certain air of something we see as authority or someone trusted? We've seen him so for so long. Because he really, there's nothing, he's not putting anything out there as far as performance. He does a lot of looking and grinning and, like, serious staring, but that's about it. You know, like, um, Willem Dafoe and Patrick Wilson in this movie had really slicked back hair. Was that just to avoid having to do the hair CG? If you notice, their hair isn't actually slicked back. It was like, the is as if it was like they've trained it back, but it wasn't. If you look at, I thought that too at first, but if you looked really close, it was like the water is pushing it straight back and it's still wiggling. Like the ends of it were still wiggling. Right. So I don't know how they pulled that off, but I agree with you. At first I was like, eh. I was like, why is every, why is not everybody's hair going everywhere? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's expensive. Because this movie takes place mostly underwater and people who have long hair, such as Aquaman or Amber Heard's character, Mera, their hair's all over the place. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. Are they actually in water? But they're not, because like you said, they would have their eyes, they wouldn't be able to open yeah, their eyes. Yeah, there'd be like a weird thing where you, you know, you could do it for a couple seconds with your eyes but you couldn't do it naturally open, I don't think. But the CG wavy underwater hair is awesome. Like You don't question it. You're like, oh yeah, look at the hair. It's underwater. Patrick Wilson plays King Orm. Patrick Wilson from Fargo. Awesome. He was really good in Fargo. He was also really good in The Watchmen, which is an underrated superhero movie. So it's not like he hasn't been a superhero before. What do you think of Patrick Wilson? Yeah, fine. Do you like him? I mean, I'm Do you like him in Fargo? Do you like him in The Watchmen? Good like in him? Fargo. Very good in Fargo. This, I mean, again, when you have so much going on where he never gets a chance to, almost never, not never, there are a couple of scenes where he's... He plays the king, by the way. Where he's all there. Most of the time, just his head is there and the rest of him is CGI, like 99% of the time. Even his suit is CGI sometimes, I think. No, I'm saying all of his suit is CGI. Yeah. All of him is CGI except his head. Right. You can tell it's a little bit off occasionally, like tiny bit. So the only time he gets to really just be himself and use his whole body is very rarely. Even when they did the one fight, which probably wasn't even his body. So he doesn't get a chance to do much other than really assert this idea that he's bitter toward this bastard son of his mother. You know, like, and how angry he is with the people up on the on the land who have been destroying the oceans forever and... But I still was convinced that he would drive this war for sure. 
I just don't know how pivotal he was to that role. And Aquaman and Patrick Wilson's King Arm. There's definitely a Thor and Loki vibe to them both. I kept... He's the mischievous... Or not mischievous, more like... He wants to conquer. And Aquaman's more soft-hearted. Yeah. And he's going to be a problem in the future, probably. Because... Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you take him away, you stick him in prison or whatever, and then he's going to be a badass. Nicole Kidman plays Atlanta. Oh, we think that. But we've been watching Cobra Kai. Yeah. Hey, there's even a... Cobra Kai reference in this There movie. is. I know that's <laughs> <laughs> He calls somebody Cobra Kai, doesn't he? The thing is, though, he was born in 1985. He would have no exposure to that unless his father decided to show him that movie. Well, you know, those movies are from the 80s. I know, but he was born in 85. He wouldn't right. have been watching movies until, like, 1995. But like you say, <laughs> when you've got a dad from the 80s, he's going to show you Karate Kid. Come on. Well, he wouldn't have been a dad from the 80s, but okay. I mean, a dad who lived through the 80s. True. So, um, oh, I think I'm the, okay. I'm changing the narrative here. Willem Dafoe was his trainer. He's the one that said, "Here, you need to watch these human movies. Yeah. You need to watch these movies." He says, <laughs> "He says, what does he say? What's the Cobra Kai line?" He, he calls just him Cobra. Calls Kai. somebody Cobra Kai. Yeah, he says like, you know, oh, yeah, hold on, Cobra Kai, like that, yeah. something like that. You know, I was training him, <laughs> which which was really fun. Yes, you know, everybody loves the Karate. But what Kai. I was saying was Johnny, you know. You said the brother might always be a problem. Yep. Some of the same. Nicole Kidman plays Atlanta. I really like Nicole Kidman. I didn't like the de-aging thing they did with her. I preferred her when she was old Nicole Kidman in this. <laughs> Older Nicole Kidman. I mean, who knows? She might have enough stuff in her face to make her look that way, but I don't think so. I think the fight that she did at the beginning was one of the most badass fights I've seen. Very good. Was it DC. her? We don't know, but don't it was know. good. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, Dolph Lundgren. Who we just saw in Creed yeah. 2, cops up as King Nearest. And he I mean, was good. He was fine. And not even like, I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't have been easily replaced. Because it's not that big of a role. He didn't However, have to speak a ton. He did a good job for what he was offered. And I was convinced he was that King guy. His hair was a little bit weird because it was shorter. And it was colored like. It was different colors, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of. I was like, wow, that's a cool King. He's been to the hairdressers. <laughs> the underwater hairdresser. How does that work? Exactly. When, what do they do? <laughs> how do they put the dye on and stuff? I don't get it. How'd she get red hair? Was she just born that way? Uh, it doesn't look natural, does it? Uh, no. I really want to see the documentary of, of about Atlantis, and I want to see how thing, regular things happen. Even James Wan said, yeah, we want to know... How they go to the bathroom, but he never the, addressed that. I'm like, yeah, he said that when, we, when we're designing it all, we think about... How do they go to the bathroom? How do they do this? How do they... And I'm like, okay, explain that. How do they go to the bathroom? Do they just pee in the pool? You know? There's pee in the pool, like pee where everybody lives. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> do they just pee in the pool? Is that how they do it? Well, they've evolved, remember. They've all evolved so much. Do they much. just do a dump while they're swimming? Or do they not do it at all? They just absorb all the nutrients and then <laughs> that's it. See, you didn't explain it. Yeah, but even fish do a dump. Come on. I want to see Aquaman swimming along and then a dump comes out. <laughs> Do that sure, in the if sequel. you want to find a meme that has that, I'm sure you could find it. I'd like it. to see that in the sequel, actually. It'd be really fun. <laughs> all about bowel movements. Amber Heard <laughs> swimming along, all sexy, and then she does a dump. Then when people say it was a shitty movie, <laughs> they'd be right. But dum bum yep. A shitty, fishy movie. <laughs> all right, so um, this is directed by James Wan. He's a horror movie director, you know. 
He directed The Conjuring. Conjuring, yes. He directed Saw. He actually wrote and created Saw. Insidious, another horror franchise. He also directed one of the Fast and the Furious movies, Furious 7, which kind of leads into this, how he got to make a giant superhero movie because he had a very successful Fast and the Furious movie. Um, I think, and we watched him in the extras, and I've watched James Wan extras quite a lot, different movies we've watched. He seems like the most enthusiastic director, and he seems like he knows exactly what he wants, and he'll listen to what you have to say, and if your idea is better than his, he might incorporate it. Definitely. But he seems like legitimately a person who is loves making movies, you know? He doesn't seem like, he's not like a snarky kind of like, you know, the like a Like, a like nerd. it's a burden to him. Yeah, he's not like one of those nerds who just pick everything apart. He's just enthusiastic about what he does. Um, do you like it? Do you like his stuff? The I like Conjuring, him. Saw, all that stuff? Um, Conjuring, I appreciate. It's not one of my favorite horror slash whatever gore franchises. Um, well, it's more of a ghost thing. Yeah, but it's never really got me like a lot of other ones have. But I like his attitude, so yeah. Saw, I like the original Saw. I think it's a good horror movie. I think it's really interesting. I didn't see all of them. I think I saw the first two. You saw more than me, I think, right? Yeah. Did you see all of them? No. No? I saw the first two. First one was really good, I think. I think it is actually a really fun, kind of low-key horror movie. And the second one was, it kind of went a bit, it was like, oh, we got like triple the budget, let's do more of it. I don't think it was quite as good. So um, extras on this Blu-ray, 4K, Aquaman, there are a bunch. In fact, I'll read what it says on the box. More than 60 minutes of behind-the-scenes action. (laughs) Uh, And an exclusive sneak peek of Shazam. Uh, there's going deep into the world of Aquaman, explore the making of the movie, becoming Aquaman, enter the world of Jason Momoa, dark depths of Black Manta, the history of Aquaman, and more. There is a bunch of stuff, actually. Uh, they're all, like, on the set, um, behind the scenes. Proper, like, made featurettes. They're mm-hmm. all about ten minutes each. There's one where um, uh, Dolph Lundgren presents it, and it's kind of a bit stiff. <laughs> you get laughing at him. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, he's like stood there, really stiff, looking into the camera. It's kind of like it's aimed at kids or something. He's kind of like, when I was the king of, uh, you know. Yeah, he's talking about like they're real. Yeah, it's not very. It, it just seems very phony and fake. Um, but yeah, there are a bunch of extras. So, in conclusion, Sid Talk will not. She doesn't recommend movies, but I do. <laughs> I would uh, if you're. Okay, so I love the Marvel movies. I think they do almost everything right. I just have a question. Why is your screensaver so fast? It's really annoying. I just like two minutes if I wander away from my computer. But you're sitting right in front of it. Yeah, but you don't can't change. <laughs> my, I, I like my screensaver on two minutes because I don't want my screen to get... What? Burned. It's the 21st century. It'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's just out the corner of my eye. I keep seeing your screensaver. I'm like, why? Why? When you're sitting there. That's a a side note there for everybody. So uh, I would recommend... Well, Marvel, they do everything right, I think, mostly. (laughs) That's not everything. I really like Marvel's stuff. DC, I really like DC as well. I love Supergirl, actually, on the CW. That's a DC show. I um, really, really, really liked Man of Steel. 
I think it's like my favorite DC movie. I the Justice League uh, and Batman versus Superman, both of those, while they were interesting, I, there was something wrong with them. It, it this even felt when I was watching them. Oh, this doesn't seem right. Suicide Squad, I really liked. So DC are a bit up and down and hit and miss for me. Mm. Whereas Marvel are kind of a straight line. And maybe it goes up a bit sometimes. So Aquaman kind of steered the path a bit for me. And it feels like they're getting on track again. But this is more comic booky. It's more fun. It's less like, let's be real serious as Batman. I hope they go more of this direction. Uh, there are a few new DC movies coming up like Shazam. Which looks fun, right? It looks fun like this looks like fun. You've seen the trailer for Shazam. Yeah. But again, it can go too much like goofiness for me, if right. it is. If you have like a serious threat and it comes off as really, really serious, then I'm like, ah, don't be so goofy. But if you play it off just right, it can it can work. Like you love Armageddon. Yeah. There's a lot of goofy Which stuff. Is, Millions of people die. The whole thing is goofy. <laughs> and yet it's got like a very comedy vibe sometimes yeah it's silly it's silly but then it's full of action like con air you know what i'm saying so um Absolutely. yeah i'd recommend this movie if you're if you like these d if you let's say you didn't like batman versus superman and the justice league this might change your mind it's different it's very different to those movies well, it can't change your mind about them. It can only make up your mind about I mean, this. it might change your mind of if you've made your mind up of going, I'm not going to watch DC movies. They've just let me down. This one is very different to any of those. Even the Suicide Squad. It's just very different. It's I like it. It's well, here's kinda... the question. What kind of person is that? Who are these people? Oh, there are people like that. I know. Who are they? And what the fuck is wrong with them? Why don't they just judge each movie on its own merits? Yeah, th this one is not like the others. And it's... A unique thing. It's Aquaman. He lives under the water. <laughs> it's unique. It's different. So um, you might come away and think, oh, that was really silly. But I It think was. That's, we agree. I think that's part of the point of this movie. It's not trying to take itself super seriously. And it's just a fun thing. So I recommend it. And I'll recommend it from Sid Talk as well. No, I don't recommend because I think you should watch it <laughs> and then decide for yourself. Unless you just know that you hate action movies, then don't bother. So uh, thank you to Warner Brothers for sending us the disc for review. Next week, we are looking at a man with a very special set of skills. Oh, dear. And he'll be in a movie called Cold Pursuit. Oh, another one? It's, an, it's, a, it's a movie starring Liam Neeson. Yeah. It's called Cold Pursuit. It's got nothing to do with any other movie that he's in. It's not but a But I guarantee sequel. you, he will have a special set of skills. Because it's an action movie. Oh, let's do it. Uh, movie recommendations. Um, I am going with, number one, because it's airing at the moment, Game of Thrones. And the link to this movie is Jason Momoa. Is the, he was the king of the Dolthrakis, right? Um, like their leader. Yes. <clears throat> um, so yeah, he uh, got to make love to the Khaleesi. Well, you're, you're kind of. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't that. No, let's not tiptoe around it. No, it wasn't at first. No, no, no. he was not very nice actually. Um, but she did like him at the end. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you um, Jason, that's where I know Jason Momoa from. But actually, he's been in other stuff, including Stargate Atlantis, which it's is another um, thing about Atlantis. It's not about Atlantis. Well, they go through a gate into Atlantis, right? In that one. Uh, do they? Yeah. Un it's a space thing. 
Yeah, but it's got an underwater world, I remember. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that then. There are different Stargates. Right. This one was an underwater thing. Interesting. So yeah, I'm going with Game of Thrones with the link to Jason Momoa and Atlantis. And uh, secondly, my other favourite DC Universe movie is Suicide Squad. I thought that had a fun vibe to it, like this one did. It was like, here's a bunch of baddies, and they're going to be the superheroes for you, this movie. You might think they're all psychopaths and losers, but they're going to, like, you know, win the day. So, yeah, Suicide Squad. Yours are? Mine are, and I just added a new one while we were talking. I'm going to go for 1970s television cartoons, Super Friends, and Aquaman. He's one of the Super Friends, but also had his own. Super Friends would then consist of a variety. Sometimes I think it changed in and out of who who they were. Superman. It's DC, yeah. Super Friends. It's the Justice League, but it was Super Friends in the 70s. So, And then um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's one of those underrated... I don't know if it's a superhero movie so much as graphic novel of extraordinary gentlemen movies. And I wouldn't want to watch it now because it probably doesn't look very good. But at the time I fell in love with it because it was characters we don't ever see in, in any of these. It's actually on our Plex server. I got it for you. So maybe you should watch it again. I should. I should have some wine. Dr. Hyde. Uh, Mr. Jekyll <laughs> and Dr. Hyde. He had a cool. Correct. Suit that he ran in. That's true. We thought it was CG. It was not. It was just a suit that they made. <laughs> and it's like Alan Quartermain, who the fuck, who's that guy, right? It has Huck Finn. Is that right? Huckleberry Finn? Or no, not, no, Tom Sawyer. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde had the guy who... Invisible Man. The Nautilus, whoever drove that, that captain of the yes, Nautilus. Yes, it did, Captain Nemo. Yes. Yeah. And so it's very, it's interesting. It's more, and it had, didn't it have Doctor Who's bad guy? No. Moriarty? Oh, you mean Sherlock? Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> I think it might have. It had the Invisible Man. And the Invisible Man, and I think it was Moriarty. Yeah, possibly, yeah. I don't know if Sherlock Holmes was in it at all, but see, that's a franchise you could pick it's up. It's just a bunch of things all plonked together. Yeah, like a lot them. of things where you, you, when you're watching it, they're kind of telling you, like, these people are actual superheroes, you just don't know it. You've just heard the books and the comics about them, but they're real, you know? Yep. So that's mine. All right. So um, games I have been playing, a Scully. I've been playing a cool game called One Finger Death Punch Two. Dang, you've seen that that's game. Quite you've seen the me name. play it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like funny. It's a funny little name. It's a game that you only use two buttons on your controller, and you're a little stick figure man in the middle of the screen, and enemies come from either side, and you press the button. Like, if a man comes from the left, you press the left button once. If a man comes from the right, you press the right button once. Some enemies, you have to press the button twice. So their little bar will be like two two tiers. And then it becomes like a rhythm game, like Rock Band. Because you're like, one kick here, two kicks there, two kicks there. It's like about patterns. Right. And that, and I can only explain while you're playing it. And it's very intense because it happens very fast. It's like playing hard mode on Guitar Hero and trying to read. Basically, you're not memorizing, <clears throat> but you're reading a chart and you have to read it very fast. So, One Finger Death Punch 2. It looks hard. 
Yeah, it's very hard, but I think it's designed that way. It's for those people who are kind of like sadists and they want really difficult games. But for me, I don't struggle with it that much. I think it's kind of cool. And another game I'm not played yet called Days Gone. I'm going to play soon. It's a zombie open world game. Zombies. And it's a game, apparently it's like a game with a, you know, like we play like Resident Evil, stuff like that. There's like one or two zombies that come at you. Oh, you know, that's it. Like the main threat would be maybe seven zombies at once. Uh, Days Gone has swarms of hundreds of zombies at once. I don't know how you deal with that. My way of dealing with it would be to run, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's one. It's like a new game where there's lots of zombies at once. I haven't played it yet. I'll let you know next week. Mm. What's for dinner, Sid I asked you earlier, and you said you want lasagna. I do not have the stuff to make lasagna, and I don't want to go to the store. Therefore, we will be having some pasta with some tomato sauce and some cottage cheese. <laughs> and it sounds really vegetables. good. It does sound really good. It's the elements of... Now, you don't eat cheese cheese, so you won't have any cheese, but you have cottage cheese, a nice tomato-y pasta. What's the difference between cottage cheese and cheese? Why does cottage cheese not bother me and cheese does? Because uh, I get the kind that has no fat. I see. But I don't know what... Let's just tell everybody, you have gallstones. So you're not supposed to eat any hardcore dairy. So you drink 1% milk, you eat no cheese, no ice cream, nothing else. Just the 1% milk. I even have pizza with no cheese. But you do get the sandwich cheese when we go to Jimmy John's or Subway. So Which doesn't, doesn't seem bother, to bother me. It's not much of it, though. Right. We just don't want another... Can you get no-fat cheese? I don't know if it's the fat... So I have I don't vegan know why cheese. It doesn't that's bother right. you. Plus, Ve- you also don't eat much of the cottage cheese. So vegan cheese doesn't bother me. No, I've had a whole tub of cottage cheese almost, and it never bothered me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like eating yogurt. Well, there you go. So that's what we're having: pasta, pretending to be lasagna. And what is your advice? My advice is: you read it to me earlier from Lifehacker. Yeah, that which was is the interesting. Tip. Interesting tip from Lifehacker. They don't usually give this kind of advice, but I totally agree. And you might hear it the first time and think, oh, you're so sensitive. I'm not sensitive because I don't give a shit if you ask me. I get asked a lot and I just find it, I've always found it a somewhat rude question. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it applies to me. But when you say to someone, so when are you having kids or when are you having your next kid or how many kids do you have? Or do you have any children? I realize it's a common thing to ask when you yourself have children or you project onto others that you think having children is a thing that you should do or whatever. But they pointed out very clearly and what I've always thought, I've chosen not to have any kids. I'm 51, never wanted any kids. That's just the way it is. But I still get that look and I still get the weird questions and I get the like, oh, or when I say I never wanted kids, I get the like, oh. Well, I have kids. Does that make me an idiot? But no, I don't give a shit. You can have 50 kids, right? I don't care. I don't care about population. That's not my reason. If you want to have a discussion and ask me why, then we'll talk about it. But some people, like this article points out, cannot have children. Or they've had failed attempts at having children. And it's very traumatic. Like, it's devastating. It's devastating if you're in a marriage where you can't, for whatever reason... One of you can't have children. Like, that's devastating. So you walk up to somebody, oh, so how many kids you guys got? And if you've had a miscarriage or you've failed your, you know, in vitro 
fertilization or it just hasn't worked out or it's a huge topic in your family, it's like you're just ripping the scab off of that sore. And it's not, it's like asking somebody, and I don't care about this either. I'm not sensitive to these things, but it's like saying to somebody, so how much money is in your bank account right this minute? Yeah. Like it's none of your goddamn business, first of all. And where are you going with this? Are you proud that you have more than me? Do you think it's important that I have enough money to prove to you that I'm a valid person? And that's the same way it feels when people ask you about children. It's like your life has no meaning. Once you've established that you don't have and don't want to have children, it's like you just got dropped down several notches in their book. And I'm not imagining it. You can discuss it amongst yourselves and you will find that many people think that. I've even had people say to me, why did you bother getting married? Why would you even get married? <laughs> like, and I just am like flabbergasted. Like, why wouldn't I want to marry the person that I want to commit my list of my life to? I don't see how that's associated. I mean, why wouldn't you want to with marry me? <laughs> but I mean, I've had that. A person just act seemingly ignorant of what they're actually saying. Like, because they're basing it on their religion, which I have none, of course. I have no beliefs in anything like that whatsoever. So maybe I just base everything in real reality where I'm like, I'm a human being. I don't want to make another human being for various reasons through the course of my entire life. I love this human being. We can legally commit ourselves to one another and have all of the legal benefits of being husband and wife. So it makes sense. And it's a promise to each other. It's very simple. So when you ask people those questions, you are elevating yourself just ever so slightly and looking down on them a little bit, or you're either playing, oh, sympathy or judgment. So just think about that. That's it. And that wasn't my advice. That's from Lifehacker. Lifehacker.com if you want to go read the whole article. We are not affiliated with them. I'm No, I'm copying them this time. I'm cheating. I'm like James Wan. Okay, I have no creative idea of my own today. <laughs> so I told you right at the beginning of this podcast in the intro where to get this podcast from. You know why? So I don't have to keep telling you every week. <laughs> I recorded it and now oh I don't God. have to say it. So yeah, just but go, you're, it's a habit. So just go to aschoolie.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook as well. And Sid Talk on Instagram. You can also catch it on YouTube sometimes. Well, no, all the time, actually. Not many people listen to the podcast on YouTube, but you know what? Don't think people go to YouTube for podcasts. I agree. I, I mean, mean, there are some. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we get a few listens, but barely anything compared to what we get off iTunes. So um, email feedback to me at Um And you know what we forgot? And this is my favorite part of the show. Oh, and here it comes. Oh, it's a okay. bit late. Yeah. But let's go for it. It's uh, the IMDB review section. And people were probably listening to this going, he forgot the IMDB <laughs> Do you think it's that popular? <laughs> yeah. So here we go. What is this section, Sid Talk? This is when you go find the one-star reviews on IMDb, and you give them a voice that I find hilarious, and you read out these one-star reviews, and then I rip these people to shreds because I do not understand. <laughs> you can make so much effort with so little information given. Like, I'll sit here and rag on a movie for an hour, or praise it for an hour, but you get lots of reasons, right? I back it up. These True. people do not. And then you, the voice you do is my favorite The voice part. is actually what I think they sound like. Oh, for real? You really think yeah. that? So okay. the first uh, review on IMDb for Aquaman with one star, 
uh, is by Nika, Nika Smalls, and she or he says, Jason Momoa is absolutely scrumptious. This was solely my motivation for seeing this film. And when I tell you it's terrible, my God, it felt like my five-year-old wrote the script. It was painful. It was 2.5 hours long. It was the worst. <laughs> I'm impressed that they used 2.5. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it was the worst what? The worst movie ever made the in the history of all cinema, which is over 100 years of movies. Probably millions of films at this point. <laughs> I just disagree with that one. All right, number two. I'm also confused about these re- where these reviews came from. The good reviews he's talking about. Okay. This movie is cliche, predictable, poor acting, forced love interest between characters, and terrible music. Momoa is scripted with too many one-liners that fall very flat. The fighting is extremely repetitive. All these scenes fighting with tridents become tedious very quickly. And the Ring of Fire scene had a shark bait ooh-ha-ha vibe to it. Okay, now I'm gonna just inter- I'm just gonna say this. That person at least gave reasons, some very specific True. reasons, so I can back them up somewhat. They were willing to offer their examples of why they didn't like it. So I'm I'm on board with that one. Number three. Aquaman is as interesting as listening to a dial tone. (laughs) I can't believe I wasted my money to see this in the cinema. By way of background, I have no particular like or dislike for a superhero movie or preference of production house. The plot is thin and completely (laughs) predictable. In spite of terrible script, the actors did well, but that's about it. CGI was completely overblown, and in places seemed to be there for its own sake. Also, what is it with the no 3D in the cinemas? Anyway, it's a complete flaccid load of garbage. Wish I could get my two hours back. Mustn't have watched flaccid. all of Mustn't have watched all of it, because it was two and a half hours. Flaccid. That's a... That's a <laughs> No, here's another one. It's a powerful insult. From Hernandez Christian. Movie is long and whack. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Is there anything else worth seeing? That is so funny. Long and whack. That's enough. That's enough description of what's wrong with it. Visuals good enough and that's it. (laughs) That's another one. These people don't really have much to say. You have to always think of the person reading this review. How does that inform them to either avoid or to watch the movie? I would never recommend that you watch a movie, but I just wonder, what is its whack? What is it? It's just whack. (laughs) All right, so... um, Oh, my God. Yeah, let's get out of it. Stay classy, Mr. Aquaman, Jason Momoa. And Amber Heard. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, so somebody will do it for you.